Get your Unreasonable Doubt podcast gear online. Find the link in this episode description that you're listening to now on this episode or check it out on my social media accounts in the bios. Is that what those are called? On my profiles? Anyways, t-shirts, sweatshirts, hooded sweatshirts, long sleeve t-shirts, a bowling shirt, all with the Unreasonable Doubt logo. Buy the stuff. Here's the episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Charlie Brown is doing the chop, baby. Oh, no. What is this, 1984? I just rambled for 20 minutes and deleted it. Unreasonable Doubt, a podcast about West Virginia University basketball, starts now. What just happened? Hello. From the Dyer Prime Pantry in Nitro, West Virginia, this is Unreasonable Doubt, a podcast about West Virginia University basketball. I'm Josh Witt. Episode 5, Northern Iowa, Cancun Challenge Semifinal Edition. <laughs> Follow me on Instagram at Unreasonable Doubt WV. I've still got the shakes, by the way. Twitter. Tweeting on Twitter, find those tweets at I'm Josh Witt. Facebook, you know? Facebook page for Unreasonable Doubt. Find it, hit the blue thumb, follow the podcast there. Email address exists. If you know it, send me an email. West Virginia scores 20 points in the first half, gets out rebounded in the game by four, shoots 37% from the field, 24% from three, and yet comes back from 15 down in the middle of the second half to win 60 to 55. Uh, That game was a lot of things. You cannot say that was pretty. It's, uh, there was a lot of interesting things in this game, but let me start with the positive stuff first. First, West Virginia won this game and I hate to keep talking about last year because I know this fan base, uh, remembers what happened last year and remembers the Western Kentucky game in Myrtle beach that was close and, West Virginia loses that game. And once a team got a lead on West Virginia in any second half, was there any comeback games last year at all? (laughs) I don't know. I don't, I don't remember one. Maybe there was one. And yet West Virginia comes back in this game. Now is Northern Iowa good. I mean, they were undefeated coming into this game. Ken Pomeroy had them ranked like 100th in the country. So they're not great. They played a lot of mediocre teams and beat those mediocre teams. Beat Northern Colorado in overtime by five. And West Virginia struggled with Northern Colorado, just like they struggled with Northern Iowa tonight. What am I talking about? Oh, the good. 
Uh, West Virginia win this game. They scored 20, which is one more than 19. If West Virginia had 19 points in the first half, that would be deeply depressing. 20, disappointing and sad in its own right. Uh, but it's amazing. <laughs> one point difference. 19 looks so much worse. Okay. Second half. You're you're at halftime down three. Have no business. I guess the worst they could have been was down <laughs> was down 23 points. It could have been 23-0. And that's the worst case scenario in the first half. Because West Virginia was not playing bad defense. Um, but to be only down three, and then of course, second half starts Northern Iowa scores seven points really quick. The lead balloons up. Huggins has to call a timeout. Did I? Oh, yeah, the good part. I, I'm supposed to talk about the good. So in the middle of the second half, when the lead is at its highest for Northern Iowa, I'll give you the order of good. First of all, West Virginia does not win this game without Jermaine Haley. Everybody's standing around. The offense looked weird all night. I don't know if that's a credit to Northern Iowa or just West Virginia's young and in another country and there's standing water on the court. <laughs> Lots of weird stuff. The referees, you know, I, I've tried to make an effort during the course of the existence of this podcast to not harp on how bad the refs are. Just us all acknowledging that the refereeing is going to be bad and move on. Uh, but all that was happening, the lead balloons of 15, and Jermaine Haley says, you know what? Forget offense. When I get the ball, I'm going to drive the ball and get to the hole. And he did that. Northern Iowa's up 42-27. Haley gets eight of the next 10 points. Combination of free throw line, layups, getting stuff close to the rim. Okay. And he finishes with 10 points, seven rebounds. This was very clear. Like Haley's like, all right, I'm going to give it the old college try here. Try to try to kickstart this team. And he did that. And as I'm taking notes in the game and, and writing down these 15 point leads as like, all right, let's see what happens from here. There's a Haley uh, and one right at the 42, 27. Haley gets an and one. And he's trying to take, I've got in my notes, Haley trying to take over. The lead gets cut down to nine with eight minutes left. Then the next good, Sean McNeil. He had some shots in the Pittsburgh game. In the second half, he made some key shots. And more importantly, I was not very high not knowing Sean McNeil, the shot robot, not thinking to look to him for defense. I was impressed with his defense tonight. He made a three, then soon after that had a steal, which led to a basket for Deuce McBride. Uh, but key shots in the second half, West Virginia does not win this game without the shooting of Sean McNeil in the second half. Shot, shot robot coming through. All right. But the man of the night is Deuce McBride. 
the best nickname. You're watching Deuce McBride, and we saw a lot of Deuce, Mc, Deuce McBride in the second half. The rest of his body sweats, okay? We all sweat. And he's playing basketball at a rapid pace. So it's not like he doesn't sweat. But when you look at Deuce McBride's face, does it look like he's sweating? I would argue that he that he does not look like he's sweating. And that's awesome. He was glowing and looked very in the moment, very... Now, I don't know why this wasn't happening the rest of the game, but you could point to at least seven or eight plays that Deuce McBride makes on both ends of the floor that you're just like, this is his fifth game collegiately. Is that a word? Fifth game in college. He goes 18 points, five rebounds. What Haley brings back to life, Deuce McBride carries that. And he's making jumpers. He's He makes a three for West Virginia to complete the comeback, take a lead. He's making free throws. He's making mid-range shots. But on the other side, I got to say, credit to Northern Iowa. They had two gigantic guys in the middle. One, the backup guy, was definitely an awesome villain. Okay? He was very pumped when Northern Iowa was, was winning. He was doing the double arm flex. He was doing the Teddy Allen. I call that the Teddy Allen. He's They're not the only one that's done that. But both arms flexing. So that guy goes in for a layup and Deuce swats it. And like Logan Rouse playing defense, he jumps over Logan Route to block the shot. And then later on, another key block shot when it's close. He was just around the ball, very confident. And not it's not like he was going for his. It's not like clear out, I'm going to take over through... <laughs> Just like, all right, it's all right, here's my time. I can take anybody. And very confidently guided West Virginia to a victory tonight. It was awesome. It was awesome. Uh, tonight, after the WVU Northern Iowa game, Stephen F. Austin went into Cameron Indoor Stadium and beat Duke in overtime on a layup. I'm telling you this because, you know, <laughs> unless you're a Duke fan, that was awesome to see. But also, it's <laughs> we've got to avoid making sweeping statements, blanket statements about the direction of any team in November. You can point to good things, you can point to bad things, but what happens in November does not necessarily translate into what's going to happen in February and March. So Duke losing to Stephen F. Austin at home, Kentucky losing to Evansville at home does not mean Kentucky is a bad team or that Duke is a bad team. And if WVU loses tonight to Northern Iowa, it doesn't mean that the season's ruined. Or that it's 2018-19 all over again. But what you've got to love is that West Virginia would not have won this game last year. There was not a guy last year that was like, 
All right. Guys, here, here we go. Jump on board. But Haley started the comeback. McNeil made key shots. Chase Harler made a key three in the second half. Derek Culver struggling, but had 15 rebounds and made key free throws late. So it's a team effort. But so, but if they don't complete the comeback and lose by two, it's not the sky is falling. It's somebody wants to step up, and it's Haley. Somebody's confident in the second half and like, all right, I'll take a stab at this. I'm 19 years old or 18 years old. So we've got future guys as well as a senior that say, um, you know, Huggins talked about Carter and Miles when they were at WVU, especially in their senior year. And they're like talking in the huddle and saying, we got this. Remember when WV, when Javon Carter in that Missouri comeback in a Advocare Invitational or whatever, just an early season tournament saying, damn big against Missouri. Like, guys, we got this. Deuce McBride did that tonight, and he's a freshman. So those are positives. But to be clear... <laughs> 20 points in the first half and one of whatever from three-point line in the first half. That does not mean this is a finished product. But what Huggins can smile about at the end is this team uh, did not give up, did not What's the right what fold the towel? What do you do? <laughs> you did no throw the towel fold up like a cheap suit didn't like just all right it's not our night and then lose by double digits they hung in played good defense i mean they gave up 55 so the defense even against a mediocre team or a team that's not great you give up 55 you're not doing bad on defense so the defense has improved from last year and in an opportunity to fold, they did not. They win this game, and West Virginia is still undefeated. And I've st I'm looking at my hand, and it's still shaking. And it's a game <laughs> that doesn't really matter. <laughs> That's what's crazy about this game is you get sucked in into a game of there's going to be 20-some more games. And some of those games are going to matter a whole lot more than this game. I'm just repeating the same thing over and over again. Random thoughts coming up. Dyer Prime is the lead sponsor of Unreasonable Doubt. Dyer Prime is a full-service graphic shop, veteran-owned, family-owned company. You need a design, right? You need a design for something for your softball team, for your soccer team, for your nonprofit event, for your gala. You need a design for that. Dia Prime can help you with that design. And then they can put that design on a t shirt, on a yo yo, on a frisbee, on a compact vehicle. You name it, they can help you. Call or text them to find out more. 304-767-4445. 304-767-4445.
Find them on the web at DyerPrime.com, D-Y-E-R-P-R-I-M-E.com, or find them on Facebook or Instagram at DyerPrime. Random thoughts for this episode of Unreasonable Doubt. On the concerning side, and I'm sorry that I was talking about the good things, but also sprinkling in bad things. Uh, Here's the bad tonight. I talked about the refs. Listen, the more refs watch video and the more refs talk to each other, the I would argue the worse they are. <laughs> Gosh. I mean, the end of the game, one minute and 20 seconds of game time turned into 20 minutes because is that a three? Let me just watch this. Not great video because we're in Cancun and we don't have a great shot of this. But let me just stare at it and then be indecisive when I get to the other referees. Like I, I watch it, I watch it for a good two and a half minutes straight, guys. I don't, I still don't know if it was a three. Did we call it a three? What was it? I guess we'll stick with that. Like to be able to read lips in these referee discussions would probably be maddening because. I mean, what I'm interpreting when I'm watching them discuss it, like, I have no idea. Do you have any idea? No, I don't have any idea. What about you? You obviously saw something that we didn't. No, nope, I sure didn't. What did you say? Well, I just felt in the moment that this was what it was. All right, well, we've spent eight minutes on it. I guess we'll just stick with that, with what you said at the beginning. All right, all right, that sounds good. All right, let's go tell everybody. Uh, you sure you don't want to look at the video again? Ah, there, there is a screen over there. All right. Maybe you want to take a look at the screen. All right. Well, you know, we got all the time in the world. It's maddening. It, it, it's <laughs> in a game that has, uh, in a college game that already has issues with flow and how the game is called without going to video. And without having long discussions that stops play, to do that at the end of the game is just terrible. What I'm saying is, I understand it's a hard job. I'm actually okay with you being bad at the job. I'm not saying I can do better. Um, But I would rather live with a bad call and gain 10 minutes of my life back. That's it. That's all I'm saying. Also, another bad thing. Northern Iowa, a little bit of dirty pool, in my opinion. I usually don't. I usually give uh, opposing teams the benefit of the doubt on stuff like this. But we had two of our guys had the old... um, it's a version of you've seen the the prank of somebody getting pushed backwards and there's a a gentleman or lady uh on hands and knees behind them and makes them trip. A version of that in basketball is when you're going up for a rebound and in the guise of blocking out put your butt where the person's calves is cuz they're up in the air and guess what happens? The person going for the rebound is going to land sideways, possibly bang their head on the floor, uh, possibly mess up a uh, their back or whatever. So Culver gets the dirty business 
no flagrant foul called, and it shouldn't be a flagrant foul. But they had to review that on the monitors, right? Okay? But dirty pull. And then, at the end of the game, in a crazy play, uh, Taz Sherman misses a short shot. Emmett Matthews flies in like Superman, gets the putback, but he's way higher than Culver was. And it's not a contest, but he was way higher than Culver was. And the guy just blocked out his, he put his butt to Emmett Matthews. I would argue ankles on this one. And Emmett Matthews head did hit the floor. Now, is it dirty pool? Yes. Is it a flagrant foul? That's a tough one. Uh, the internet had mixed thoughts on that. Mountaineer fans and people following the Mountaineers had mixed opinions on if that should have been a flagrant foul. I don't know, man. I'm just saying the guy, <laughs> you can't, you got to let the, you got to let somebody uh, who's jumping up in the air. And I don't want to get into the pretend telephone pole situation, but you got to be able to have a guy come back down from whence he jumped, okay? And when you're putting your butt on his ankles, uh, that's dangerous. So I, not necessarily that that's too foul. It's definitely a foul. Let's be 100% clear on that. But it's uh, two shots and the team gets the ball back. I don't know if it's. I don't know if that's necessary. Did that have to be reviewed on the screen up for minutes on end? Yes, it sure did. Did was there confusion on who could shoot the free throws? Of course there was. Right? Huggins is saying, "Hey, I can put out. I can have anybody shoot the technical or the flagrant shots," and the rest being like. Uh, no, 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 no. I think uh, I think the other coach gets to choose, coach. Let us talk about it a little bit more. You know what, Huggins? I mean, oh, you know what? Go ahead and, okay, you can choose, Huggins. Like, just not that I know from, from, <laughs> from reading the NCAA basketball rule book what's supposed to happen in that situation, but I'm not supposed to know. The referees are. And they're just staring at each other like, what do we do? It's mad, it's it's maddening. Okay. But dirty pull by Northern Iowa. I'm calling you out. <laughs> Especially if if Culver goes down with a leg injury and Matthews has to sit. Uh and he may I, I don't know what the word is. Maybe he has to go through concussion protocol. But when that happens due to um, boxing out below the knees, <laughs> then that's where I have a problem with, and I think that's I think that's I think I don't think that's good sportsmanship. The final bad thing I want to talk about, and it's kind of brewing, is and I don't I almost don't want to speak it into existence, but I'm sure people are talking about it. Where are we at with Jordan McCabe? Jordan McCabe, starter Jordan McCabe, earned that right, ended last season great, breakfast club, very confident. I saw after this game, tweeting great team win, very engaged on the bench in the second half, but he's on the bench most of the second half. And why? He comes out 
in the second half uh, as a starter coming back in uh, for the second half. And then like he, he dribbles it off his foot and then he gets the yank. McBride comes in. McBride's the hero. McBride's going to get all the articles written about him. He doesn't sweat. Jordan McCabe looks like he does sweat, and that's not a big deal. But what? When do, is this going to become a problem? Is there going to be a who needs to start situation? Now, I don't. I think Jordan McCabe's going to start against Wichita State tomorrow night. But will that be a? Will that chorus grow louder? Of because here, here's the thing. Uh, McBride with multiple with with five games of evidence and only have five to work with didn't watch him in high school he's better defensively we all can agree much better defensively than Jordan McCabe uh offensively for this game McBride because he was in the game took over now, Jordan McCabe had those opportunities last year. He was great in the TCU game late in the season. He had his moments. He's capable of that. Comes out sluggish at the beginning of the season. My question is, uh, and, and something we need to watch, and the question is going to come up, are we going to lose McCabe like a part of him? If this, if this clamoring for like, hey, McBride needs a start, put Deuce in the starting lineup. I don't think it's a big deal to Huggins because apparently he's just going to play 12 guys. And if it's funky late, he's just going to ride the hot hands and he'll shorten the bench that way. But I don't guess it really matters who starts. You know, Oscar, he didn't miss a shot. But he was in foul tra- trouble. Gabe foul trouble. Uh, Napper did play a couple of minutes. Logan Rout seen us some spot minutes. He's going to play twelve guys. Maybe that'll change in conference play where he shortens the rotation. But what I'm saying is not a big deal as far as who start. Everybody's going to get minutes, and if you're playing well, you're going to stay on the court. What's happened so far in five games is McCabe is not staying on the court. I don't know if he's had 20 minutes in a game yet. McBride has, for sure, and it, and it's warranted. But is is a casualty of this uh, losing a little bit of Jordan McCabe? I, having said all that, I think McCabe is a grounded guy, a team guy. He's saying the right things. Um, I don't, I, I think it's too early, but you're going to be hearing that you've heard it here on this podcast. I'm, I'm trying to have my cake and eat it too. Like, I don't want to bring it up, but I'm bringing it up. I don't think it's an issue, but people are going to talk about, is it an issue? Just something to watch for. I hope he, I hope he turns it around. Both guys can McCabe and McBride can both be good at the same time. And I want that to happen in the future. That's it. That was very succinct. I should have said that instead of yammering. Final thoughts coming up.
Permanti Brothers are your go-to brothers on game day and every day. Huge screens, huge deals, and it's way better than sitting on your couch. Download the Permanti Brothers app and score big all season long. All you need to do is download the app, scan your receipt, and you'll start earning points with each dollar you spend towards free food and awesome deals. Permanti Brothers, your college game day headquarters. Final thoughts for this episode of Unreasonable Doubt. Where do we go from here? Well, West Virginia remains undefeated. They will play in the championship game of the Cancun Challenge tomorrow night. They will face Wichita State. The Shockers. Very cool mascot. Check out the Wichita State mascot. Anyways, they killed South Carolina in the first game. So I don't know how good South Carolina is. I think they're young. Frank Martin looked like he <laughs> looked like he got shot with a tranquilizer dart. I'm flipping on I'm flipping on the game to see Frank Martin with the intimidating stare and freaking out. He was very subdued, a lot of sitting, a lot of Frank Martin sitting. I guess I'm uncomfortable with Frank Martin sitting versus standing up in a uh, offensive posture <laughs> trying to stare through people's souls. Anyways, the coach for Wichita State, Greg Marshall, he was assistant coach at Marshall, so he has West Virginia connections. Wichita State, they're undefeated. So second game in a row, WVU takes on an undefeated team. And Wichita State... Uh, they have a slow tempo similar to Northern Iowa and they're better at defense in Northern Iowa. Ken Pomeroy ranking has them 11th in the country in defense. They were making some threes and just play. I mean, if you, <laughs> I incorrectly predicted, I correctly predicted a five point WVU win tonight. I didn't. I also predicted West Virginia would get in the 80s. Let me be very clear, not just because of this game, but because of Wichita State's uh, defensive prowess. Expect another game in the 50s or 60s, all right? And expect bad refereeing, all right? We all expect that every game. That's it for this episode of Unreasonable Doubt. Listen on all the platforms. Apple Podcasts, you're listening there. Spotify, you're listening there. Overcast, you're listening there. Stitcher, I don't think you're listening there, but it's available there. Also available on something called CastBox. Subscribe to the podcast. I'm going to keep it simple again. Wherever you're listening to the podcast, whether it's Breaker, whether it's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, there's a subscribe button do that it helps this podcast when you subscribe when i post this nonsense it'll automatically show up on your phone or wherever you listen to podcasts and you'll be able to listen to it or just hit the button to say you've listened to it and turn it off forever but that helps this podcast grow i appreciate if you subscribe to this podcast i really will appreciate you doing that okay (laughs) 
8.30-ish CBS Sports Network, WVU versus Wichita State tomorrow. Podcast to follow. Until then, I'm Josh Witt. This has been Unreasonable Doubt. WVU for the 2019-2020 season. Still undefeated. Five wins, zero losses.